Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today I'm talking with Mark Coleman. He is a deaf pastor in the Chicago area. Mark, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? I was born in Phoenix, Arizona to a wonderful Christian family. I'm the fifth son in of nine children. Uh, only one was a girl, but uh, my parents just loved the Lord. And as I grew up, uh, we lived in five different states. But when I lived in Indiana at age 10 is when I accepted Christ as my Savior. And I just had some good godly examples. I'll never forget my youth pastor there in that church. And uh, he's the one that really got me involved in ministry because as he was attending seminary and he came to the church on weekends, he asked me if I would clean the bathroom so he could have more time to study God's Word and prepare to preach. So that was really my introduction to ministry was cleaning bathrooms. And then uh, I've just always loved the, the idea of serving the Lord. Uh, but it wasn't until I was 17 years old that I really did my first obedience of really what God expects, and that's water baptism. And once I made that step of, of obedience, then it just grew from there. Uh, my college experience, I went to Bob Jones University, didn't know what to major in, but I knew I wanted to serve the Lord. I turned down a music uh, scholarship at my hometown there in Arkansas, where I graduated from high school. And uh, I just knew God wanted me to go to some Christian university. And I had some brothers that had gone to various ones, uh, Illinois, West Virginia, South Carolina. And I ended up going to uh, the one in South Carolina and majored in sacred music because my whole family was musical. I just thought I could serve the Lord in music. So I actually graduated from there with a degree in sacred music, and then got an interview to go to Twin Falls, Idaho as a music and youth pastor, and was there for 15 years. But eight years into that, a deaf girl got on our Sunday school bus, and my wife decided she better learn how to communicate with her. And then later on, as other people came, and uh, we invited Ronnie Rice from Bill Rice Ranch to come and preach the deaf revival, and five men accepted the Lord, and and now it's like, okay, who's going to teach these men? Because my wife doesn't feel as a woman, she should have that role. So we started looking for deaf pastors to come. And, you know, we're so green in that area that how, where do you get a deaf pastor from? So my wife talked me into going to a, a national deaf conference. And it was in where I lived one year in El Paso, Texas. So I knew the pastor there. I knew several people and, and my eyes were really open to that. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to serve the Lord, have been involved in church work for many years, but that's the first time to really open my eyes to, to a whole, whole week of deaf preachers, deaf missionaries from around the world. And the invitation was, if God would want you to work with deaf people, would you be willing? And I thought, well, I could say I could be willing. So I said, yes, I'm willing, filled out the card and they stood up or read it, uh, people who made various decisions. They announced Mark Coleman surrendered to preach to the deaf people. I said, I don't think that's what I said. But anyway, it became clear that that is what God wanted with, with time. And I uh, resigned from being the music pastor and uh, had to get a regular job like everybody else did first time in my life. A year later, was working at a school for the deaf and blind there in Idaho, where we were, and then uh, about a year later, got a phone call from some place I never heard of in Schaumburg, Illinois, saying they need a deaf ministry pastor. And I said, I have no intentions or desires. They said, would you please come look? So we said, sure. Um, 
that one year working at the School for the Deaf and Blind gave us awesome experience understanding different age groups of deaf people, uh, the deaf adult world. And just that one year of, of involvement with the deaf community prepared me to come to Bethel Baptist Church here in Schaumburg, Illinois, where I've been now for 15 years. And just to see God do work is, is wonderful. So that, that's a, a brief summation of who I am and my background. Well, I typically interview missionaries on this program, and uh, you're a, what, what we would call a pastor, but particularly because you're working with a, a culture, a subculture, if you will, in the United States would also consider you a missionary. How do you, how do you look at that? You're on paid staff and everything, but do you consider your work as mission work? Definitely. And there are very few churches in America that will have a deaf ministry pastor. And so I count it a real privilege to have been here 15 years for that purpose. No matter what church a deaf person may attend and how inclusive that church may be or how many separate services they provide, it is still a different culture with a different language and and the people think differently and their needs need to be met differently than the typical hearing congregation. When I came to Schaumburg, I realized that my Sunday preaching is not enough and I have developed several several things to help the deaf people be able to have resources on their own, you know, chapters in the Bible they can read with questions and answers to fill out and that's been a help to them. It is definitely a missionary status even though it's never uh, it's rarely accepted as that uh, in churches what would be different in preaching to a deaf congregation than to a hearing congregation well uh let me explain it this way the first sunday i came to check out the church i i preached two different ways the first time i preached with my normal voice and i added sign language to it I know there's all kinds of philosophies about this, and, you know, hard of hearing people like it that way, people with English-based language. But I knew that Chicago has a pretty strong American Sign Language culture, the native ASL language, and so I wanted to find which group of people was the strongest here and which method would meet their need. So the first hour, I used my voice and added sign language to it. The second hour, I just close my mouth and and use uh, ASL as as best as I knew and all the non-manual signals that go along with that to really uh, clearly express in their native language. And I found a much better response to that and decided that's what I need to do from now on here. Occasionally, um, when there's I can tell there's more hard of hearing people. I will add my voice with it. But typically in my preaching, I don't use my voice. I just use my hands, sign language, full body uh, to to try my best to express what God has put in his word in their language so that they can get the picture, understand what God is trying to tell them uh, today. As a foreign language missionary, I went to language school. Most missionaries do. Uh, you're working with a foreign language. Where could somebody go to get trained in sign language? There are so many places that offer sign language today uh, compared to the past when, when I learned it. Now, God worked it out that where that deaf girl got on our church bus and we needed to learn sign language, there was a junior college right in that town that offered it. And, I mean, the teachers were hearing wives of deaf husbands or or codas, meaning children of deaf parents, and now they're adults and they know the language and can teach it well. So so I actually had wonderful deaf uh, models. I mean, they were hearing, but they knew the language well because they grew up with it. 
And so I have found that when I went to that college, and I encourage anybody who goes to learn sign language, learn it from someone who is a good model themselves. And there are many junior colleges that offer it. There's online courses you can get. Uh, there's books and libraries you can borrow. But I would I would suggest go take college classes, learn it, get credit, have the proof that you've learned it. But then don't limit your learning to that because if you get it from a book and from a great teacher and you're not involved in the deaf community, you're, you're still only kind of like half learning it. So what made the difference for me when I learned it is every time I knew there was a deaf event or deaf people live here, I would put myself out there. I would go meet them and strike up a conversation no matter how inept I felt at that time with the language. But talking with the deaf people is what helped me improve my language skills. You live in the Chicago area, huge population, lots of deaf people. What about a small town in West Virginia? Are there any deaf people there that, that would need the gospel? Well, the first ministry we were in was Twin Falls, Idaho. And in, in a whole probably 30-mile radius, there was about 50 deaf people is all. And that's what our ministry was. And we started with who we met. And once you meet one, you definitely tend to meet others. Uh, Our started with children, and then we met adults and realized, wow, uh, there are even other churches who had very strong ministries. Idaho, for example, being close to Utah, uh, the Mormons had a church in the same town where the School for the Deaf and Blind was, and they they would have services where all the leaders on stage were deaf. And so the deaf people would go to that church because, hey, deaf people are our leaders. Hey, I want to be like them. And I want, if they believe in God, I want to believe in God like they do. And that that's kind of rare in, in our circles to see much deaf leadership. But I think it is the way to go. And whether it's a small town or a huge m- metropolitan area, deaf people live in, in any one of those places. And if anybody's got a heart for God, say, God, where do you want me? Don't just look to the big places, though there are great opportunities. But often our, our roots start in small places, like uh, God sent Philip to that one Ethiopian eunuch on the road. So don't despise, despise small beginnings. You talk about deaf leadership. Isn't that hypocritical? You're hearing. Uh, do, do you think it's wrong for a hearing person to take part in a deaf ministry? Obviously, you don't since you're involved in it. But what would you say to a, a hearing young man that, that wanted to be involved, that he could or that he should let a deaf person take control? I, let me go back and explain that answer by sharing my experience. I graduated from a Christian college where so many uh, graduates uh, were skilled in music. And I used my music skills, whether it's, you know, singing or playing an instrument or leading choirs or writing music, directing Christian school music programs. I did all that for 15 years. And then when God showed me, here's a need that nobody's meeting and there aren't people to meet it, I thought, oh, anybody can take my place, but who's going to do this? I'm a hearing person, and yet there was no deaf people to do it, so... God, can you use me? And when God convinced me that he wanted me, then all my excuses, I just had to toss aside and say, okay, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but if you want me, you're going to have to give me the ability to learn the language. You're going to have to give me a heart for the people and help me through all the roadblocks I face. Do you have a testimony you'd like to share? It's amazing how God takes anybody who's just willing to serve him. I recall when... When I was willing to give up music to work with the deaf, 
I didn't realize what a great impact that would have on my life. I can't believe that I'm the vice president or vice chair of a national deaf organization uh, planning meetings, you know, every summer here in America. And I've been in that position for several years. So I guess what I have found out is when when you know God wants you to meet a need, whether it's deaf people or people in South America or your neighbor, wherever it is, and God convinces you that and you're willing to do it, then God is the one that provides all the resources for you. You may not think you can do it, but but I came across a verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, and it became my life verse once I submitted to God's call to deaf ministry. And it's a very short, simple verse, but I have to look at it every once in a while because oh, no matter what culture you're called to serve, there are struggles. And in a deaf ministry, there are many struggles. And I don't mean that as, uh, as anything negative against the deaf people, but it's not my culture, so it takes a little more work for that. But that verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.24 simply says, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God called me. He's been faithful even though I haven't been. And he's the one that's going to accomplish through my willingness and my surrender, my faithfulness to him, whatever he wants to see accomplished. And so I'm just, I'm humbled that God called me to do this, even though I fought it for so long. Uh, well, long, just several months maybe. But once I surrendered God, to God's word, and then each new step of obedience, he opens up new doors. It's just a blessing to see where God leads when what, whatever your age is, whatever direction God leads you, you just say, Lord, here am I, send me. Do you have a website where we can get more information about you and your ministry? Uh, yes, uh, at BethelMinistries.org uh, is the website for our church here, Bethel Baptist Church in Schaumburg. You can look up, see our church as a whole. Uh, my bio is on there, and uh, you can find out more information about that church and uh, opportunity to contact me by email if you'd like to, and I'd love to hear from you. All right, and I'll have the link to that on the Missionary Talks website so that you can go there. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate your time. As we close, is there anything else you'd like to add? I remember when I was in college, say, Lord, what is it you really want me to do? I didn't know what else to do but music, so that's what I did. And God used that ability until about 20 years ago, God decided, okay, enough of that. It's time to change gears, and I'm going to let you do a whole new chapter in your life. And so I've been serving the Lord in deaf ministry, and I know he's called me to do that for the rest of my years, unless he's got a third chapter involved somewhere. But for anybody in college, whatever your doubts of the future, I guess I would share an incident that I that, that I struggled with as I was contemplating, should I change ministries? What's next in my life? And a missionary came by my church and I said, do you, do you mind sharing with me? Because I'm struggling about what God would want me to do. I want to serve him. God knows that. And I'm trying to just open myself to what God wants. And, and he, he gave me this, this wonderful advice. He says, don't change anything until God makes it clear. And I thought, wow. Because I have all these dreams, and God, you could use me if this and that and that. We, we have such imaginations, but God just leads those who are willing to be led. And as we're willing, he can lead us into ways we never dreamed of. I mean, not deaf people. I didn't even know who they were, what it meant. But 
Now I'm a deaf ministry pastor with a world concern. I just have to keep being faithful to God because he's the one that did the calling. He'll do the leading for me, and I'll do it for you. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.